Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you, and now let us begin. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Living Parables Podcast. Today's episode is entitled, A Spiritual Call to arms. And I'm very excited to do it. And matter of fact, I'm going to jump right in to Exodus 15, 3. Listen to this. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Say that one more time. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Are you excited yet? Let's do it one more time. The Lord is a warrior and the Lord is his name. Yes. Yes, he is. And why is this a big deal? Because people we are in a deep, spiritual, ugly battle with the evil, dark forces of this world. Now, what does a call to arms mean? It means summoned to engage in active hostiles. And also, it's an invitation to undertake a particular course of action. Both of those things apply today. Taking the name of a Christian or a disciple of Jesus Christ takes you from an unknown war and engages you in a spiritually awakened war, joining the saints now and from the past. This war in particular is without a doubt the most difficult of any physical war ever to have taken place on this planet, period. I am calling on every follower of Jesus Christ to rise up, stand firm with me on the front lines of this deep, dark, spiritual battle. Now, let me ask you something. Can you imagine what it would be like being on the front line of a battle? We And you know what? We are in the fight of our lives, both physically against our flesh and spiritually where the true battle lies. In ancient battles, you would first prepare for war by putting on armor so that you would prevent any attack from an enemy. If you were an army of soldiers with only a sword going up against an army fully equipped, head to toe with armor, I think you know the end result. It would be disastrous. So, To my call to spiritual arms to you all, we first need to put on the full armor of God. Turn with me now to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Listen to this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand 
firm. Verse 14, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. If you cannot tell, I'm extremely fired up. I'm extremely fired up. Why? Because people... I said it before and I'll say it again. We are in a deep, dark, spiritual battle. And you need to understand that the struggle is not against the flesh and blood. But what is it against? The rulers, powers, and against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. That's the battle that is unseen. That is a spiritual battle. And what does verse 10 say to us? Be strong in the Lord, not in your own strength. Why? Because later it says, and in the strength of his might. His might. We are not strong on our own. We are only strong in the Lord. So, I want to read back in the Old Testament. I want to go to Deuteronomy 3.24. Deuteronomy 3.24. And this is what it says. O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? Simple answer, there is none. There is absolutely none. Now, going back to Ephesians 6, we're going to talk about the 11th verse now. It says, put on the full armor of God. Not partial, not the ones that you only want to put on. It says to put on the full armor armor of God. It calls us, it beckons us to put on the full armor of God. Again, not part of it. Failure to do so will render us vulnerable to the schemes and attacks of the devil. And if you have a pen and your Bible with you, verse 12 is the verse that I would like you to underline. Why? This is it, people. The true war is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the family members that bring you down, uh, that make you feel small. It's not your coworkers who talk behind your back. It's not your friends who 
say one thing and do another and they're not true friends and it's not those who actually hate you are the enemy. No, no, no. But it is against the forces of darkness that cannot be seen unless you are made spiritually alive and spiritually awake and have your spiritually eyes opened by the Lord being born again. Then you will see the true war. Because it is, it is not with what we see. It is not the people on this earth who we are to fight against. It is the spiritual dark forces. Now, what I will say is that the flesh has something to do with it. Because if people are not for the Lord, they are against him. And if they are against him, their father is of the devil. And I know that's hard for some people to hear because some people that might be listening may not be believers. And that is the honest to God truth. Now, here's the other part of that. The things that happen to us, those spiritual dark forces that we're battling against truly, the things that happen to us are in the flesh. They happen to our flesh. And that's what that's what we can't get confused on. Now, I want you to look at uh, verse 13. Why? It says, therefore, take up the full armor of God. So in two verses, it tells us to put on the full armor of God twice. Do you think that's important? I absolutely think it is. It's essential. You have to put on the full armor of God. The apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the power of the Holy Spirit, is telling us, God himself is telling us. I'm not saying Paul is God. I'm just saying that all scripture is God-breathed. Through Paul, God is saying to us back in Ephesus, and now today where you're sitting right now, he's saying, put on the full armor of God. Put it on. And this is a must. Why is it a must? Because if we don't put on the full armor of God, we cannot resist and stand firm against wickedness. We can't. So that's why it's so important that we do so. Now, if you look at verse 14, we're going to start looking at all the pieces of armor that make up the full armor of God. Verse 14 says, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Now, other translations say the belt of truth. So the first one is the belt of truth. Why is this one important? Well, first off, this is the first piece of armor that is named. And the belt goes all around us. And that is what truth needs to be. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Emphasize there the truth. Jesus is the truth. He is all truth, and all truth is found in him because, again, he is truth. The belt holds everything up and holds everything into place. And that's what Jesus needs to be. Everything we put our faith in depends on the truth of who God is, who Jesus is, and also the veracity of Scripture. Without truth first, our righteousness will be based on our own merit, our own works, our own deeds, and that leads to a legalistic mindset that leads to self-destruction and self-condemnation. Let's look at number two. This is also found in verse 14. And this is the latter part of verse 14. It's having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So, 
we have known from previous episodes that our righteousness is not of our own and cannot be manifested by our own quote unquote goodness, not our own good deeds or works. It's only of Christ. And that's why I emphasize second Corinthians five 21. That's why I emphasize that so much because God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we can become the righteousness of God. The breastplate protects the chest slash abdomen area, which contain our vital organs, namely the heart. So Christ's righteousness protects us. And not just us, our physical, but our spiritual heart from being polluted by the world, which is the sin and the works of the evil one. So this breastplate of righteousness, it's Christ's righteousness that protects us, our spiritual hearts. Let's look at number three. It is the feet with readiness of the gospel of peace. So verse 15 says that having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If you think about the feet, soldiers march. And we march in the direction the Lord leads us. This might mean peace, but also might mean that we need to cross enemy lines. Are you ready for that? Proper footwear can make a world of difference. If you have an army of people with strong metal boots versus people that have no shoes, no boots at all, well, that's going to make a huge difference. And, you know, when you're thinking about walking, when you step on something that's pokey or sharp or a rock or nowadays Legos, that can render us useless. If you hurt your feet, guess what? You're not going to be able to walk anywhere. You have to stay behind. You'll be out of the battle. And you know, the other thing I want you to think about with, with the feet is that footwork is also a major factor in combat. You could be the biggest, strongest person in the whole entire world, but if you don't move right and you're fighting against somebody who has amazing footwork, oh, they're going to dance all around you. So again, you could be strong, you could be formidable, but if you're unable to hit your target, that strength counts for nothing. God gives us the ability to evade attacks from the evil one and his demons. I want us to now look at number four, the shield of faith. Verse 16, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So through the mighty power of God, he enables us to take up a shield that protects us from flaming arrows that will consume us if we leave the shield at home. If you leave your shield at home, well, it doesn't help. You know, the Roman shield at the time was called the scutum. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it was as large as a door covering the whole 
person. So not only are you equipped from head to toe with armor, but now you got this shield that's not like a little Captain America shield. We're talking about a shield that would cover your whole entire body. That that is what faith is. That's what faith in Christ is. And make no mistake, our faith is not of our own. How we put it on or take it with us or take it up is by getting immersed in the word. Trusting fully in Christ and being an obedient slave to his ultimate glorious will. And we know that the definition of faith is found in Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. The blessed assurance we have through faith by the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the power over doubt, which can overtake people. So what is the opposite of faith? Doubt. So if you were in battle and you didn't have your shield and you had an opponent that had this mighty shield, you would start to doubt yourself a little bit. But we don't have a shield made with human hands. We have a shield that comes by the power of God. And that is the shield of faith. We have faith in Christ. Nothing, nothing can touch us. Now let's look at the helmet of salvation. Number five, helmet of salvation. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. And I'm going to stop there because the next one talks about the last part, which I'm really excited about. So I'm not going to get ahead of myself. So we're going to take up the helmet of salvation. The helmet is crucial for defense of the head or brain which is the command center for the whole entire body. This is the final piece of armor we put on before we engage in combat. Think about it. If you go to battle with everything equipped except the helmet, well, if the head is damaged at all, it affects the rest of the body and it renders it useless. Now I'm going to use kind of a analogy for today, just a little bit, just maybe a little illustration here, but how many of us have ever had headaches before? A really bad one. Do you feel like doing anything? Do you feel like walking around? Do you feel like playing sports or in this situation going to war? I don't think so. So if your head is affected, it's going to affect the rest of the body. The salvation we have is only in Christ. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And no one can come to the Father except through him. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Salvation is in no one else. And the assurance comes through faith in Christ alone by his grace. The assurance is in Christ, not of ourselves. He is the one who guards the hearts and the minds of his beloved believers. Now, one thing I want to point out, Romans 8, 5 through 6, is a very good reminder of, our, of what our heads are like, either of the world or of the Spirit. Now, as we read this, I want you to take in mind what we've been talking about with the full armor of God. Listen to this. 
and see if this doesn't apply. Starting in verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So let's go to verse 6 here. For the mindset on the flesh is death. That is the mind that that is the mind that's not protected by the helmet of salvation. They don't even have a helmet. Let's listen to the last part of verse six. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Okay, that is very very crucial. So the last part of that is the helmet is equipped and is battle ready. Colossians three two says, "Set your mind on things above." Our former self used to think only of the desires of the flesh. And now we have a spiritual, Holy Spirit-powered mind that is also called the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. That cannot be underemphasized. We have the mind of Christ. But here's another thing that's very interesting. We, as followers of Christ, are, again, graciously given the mind of Christ so that we will not be led astray and we will not be ignorant of the devil's schemes. Because, brothers and sisters, there are many things out there, there are many ists and isms out there that have confused Christians that are not deeply immersed in the Word of God that carry Christians away, that deceive them that bewitch him. So to all my brothers in Christ Jesus, I'm talking to you right now. We've learned of all the armor of God, the full armor of God, which has been all for defensive purposes. They've all been defensive so far. Now we get to go on the offensive. Now we're talking. Let's look at the last one, number six. And this is also found in verse 17. It says, and the sword of the spirit. So we got to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the Bible that collects dust in our house that hopefully is open right now when you're listening to this podcast. That is the sword of the spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. That's the sword, the word of God. All scriptures God breathe to Timothy 3.16. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and it pierces the soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and intentions of people. So, brothers and sisters, I got to tell you, this has been a, a long time coming for this episode and unfortunately, it took a long time for it to be released and recorded. But I have to tell you something. This gets me so fired up because the things all around us seem to be crumbling. The devil and his demons appear to be winning. And let me tell you something. When Jesus Christ comes back, and I can promise you this, he is coming back. 
He is not coming as a baby in a manger. He is coming back as a conquering king. Listen to Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. The Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like a burnished bronze. And then I want you to listen to this next verse in Revelation 19, 11 through 16. Listen to this. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress on the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If that doesn't get you fired up, nothing else will. Because Exodus 15, 3, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Jesus Christ is coming back. And when he comes back, we are going to be with him on the full assault against all the dominions of darkness. And Jesus Christ will not have a battle because no one on earth and no spiritual dark forces can ever come close to him. They won't even be able to battle against him. All it takes is a mere thought, a blink of an eye, and they are gone forever. Jesus Christ is going to come back as a mighty warrior, a mighty conquering king. Again, the king of kings and lord of lords. He is not coming back as a baby. He is coming back as a warrior king, our king, our lord, our master, our savior, full of glory, full of majesty, full of power. And everybody paints Jesus as a picture of him with perfect brown flowing hair. And, and, and soft little hands. And I got news for you. That is not who he is. That is not who he is. He is a king. And he is the king of kings. He was here before time began. He is timeless. He is self-existent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He is in all things. And by all things, he is creator. He is the Lord of all creation. He is God. And we get to serve God. We get to be called his friend. We get to be called his brother. We get to be called God's children. And through him, we will overcome. And through him, we are able to conquer. If God is for us, who can be against us? So with that being said, we must take up and put on the full armor of God. We have to. We have to. We have to take up truth. We have to take up righteousness, the gospel of peace, 
faith, salvation, and the spirit. We have to take all of those up. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet ready with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. We have to take those up. And we have to do that now because we are at war. We are under attack. And we need to understand that all these pieces of armor are from God and they are found in Christ and given graciously by Christ. Every day, we must take up the full armor of God. We cannot take a day off. There is no days off. We must understand who Jesus Christ is. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we, by His grace, get to serve Him. And amazingly enough, we are able to be called co-heirs with Christ. I can't even imagine that. And we are going to reign with Him in heaven. I cannot, I just can't believe that. And that is what we get to do. That's who we are. And here's what we need to do. We need to take this grace that was so lovingly, graciously given to us. And we need to share that with other people because we are living in a dead and dying world that people are dying in their sins and they're going to be forever separated from God in hell because they don't know the gospel. They don't know the truth of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came down to this earth. He lived a perfect sinless life. He died for our sins, all of our sins, individually, once for all on the cross. And he was buried and he rose triumphantly from the dead. And now he is sitting at the right hand of the Father and all things are under his hand. All things are in his control. And he has been given all authority on heaven and earth. It's been given to him in the Great Commission. God has given that to him, to his son. And guess what? He is not going to come back again in weakness, being vulnerable. He is coming back to take names. And he's going to take names of those who are his. He's going to take those whose names are written in the land's book of life. Is your name written in the land's book of life? Are you going to hear this message today and not do something with it? Am I going to hear this message today and not do something with it? Jesus Christ has given us salvation. Death no longer has a sting. No longer has a sting. We don't have to fear death anymore. Jesus overcame death so that through him we can live for ever and not just live forever live forever reign forever with him we have a mansion with our name on it we're going to walk on streets of gold we are going to be in the glorious mighty presence of god almighty and we're going to be singing holy 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 that's what i'm about that's what gets me fired up that's why i wake up every day and that's why i'm doing what i'm doing right here because you may not have heard me this fired up before, and rightly so, but this is a call to arms. This is not a this is not just a study. This is a call. This is a time to wake up, to rise up, to understand that God is the one who has overcome, whose victory is in him. And it's not of this world, it's of the spirit. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, it's of the spirit. 
It's a spiritual dark force. And we as Christians need to rise up. We need to wake up. We need to get in our Bibles. We need to get in the Word. We need to understand who God is. We need to understand who Jesus is. We need to grow closely intimate with our Creator. We need to be in prayer. We need to be gathered with the saints. We need to be doing good works. We need to be obeying the gospel. We need to be growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be fulfilling the Great Commission. We need to be obeying the commands of God. And are we doing those things? No, we're not. But we need to start doing that today. Today, we can make the choice. We need to stop living mediocre Christian lives and we need to be warriors as our God is a warrior. We need to understand that this time of grace is running short. There's going to come a day when all the routines are going to stop. The world is going to stop and they are going to bow. They are going to bow. And I'm going to leave you with this last piece of scripture because this piece of scripture is very crucial to what we're talking about right now. It says Philippians 2.10, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Why is that important? Because people today think that Jesus Christ is a myth. They think he was a good teacher and he was just a swell guy, but that was about it. No, 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 no. He is God. And when he comes, everyone, everything will bow to him. That is a fact. The world one day will not happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus' words will never pass away. He is timeless. He is God and he is in control and he is calling you now. He is calling you to rise up. He is calling you to come near to me. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. That's what we have to do right now. Too many times we play we play church. We use church as a social club. We have Bibles, multiple Bibles in our homes that sit there and look pretty and collect dust and they don't get they don't get used, they don't get read, we don't get fed spiritually, we don't draw closer to God. They just sit there and sit there and sit there and we wonder why our lives and our families in our schools, in our jobs, and our world is falling apart because we've turned away from God Almighty and we've turned to our own ways. And what way does that lead us? It leads us to death. But praise be to God, heaven's gates are swinging wide open right now for those who hear this message that don't know Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You want to get to heaven, you have to go through Christ. It's not by your works, it's by the grace of Jesus Christ, by his death on the cross, by his burial, and his resurrection. And that through him and him alone, salvation is possible. There's no one, no name under heaven given a man by which we must be saved, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ. It's only by him, only through him. We need to understand, people, as brothers and sisters in Christ, I implore you, I urge you, I beseech you right now. If you have been living a life that has been ho-hum, that has been mediocre, that hasn't been on fire for a long time, now is the time to get fired up. 
Now is the time to be on fire for the Lord. Now is the time to get in the word, to be richly immersed in him, to let the word of Christ richly dwell within us, to increase in our faith, to again, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must do those things. We must increase in the qualities, the spiritual qualities found in 2 Peter, the first chapter. We must do that. And are we doing those things? No, we're not. And you know what? As believers in Christ, we must take that now. We need to take this message and we need to we need to turn it into obedience and being on fire for the Lord. I love the Lord. I don't love him perfectly. I want to serve the Lord. I don't serve him perfectly. I want to be obedient to the Lord and I don't obey him perfectly. I want to have the faith bigger than a mustard seed, and I don't. I have faith smaller than a mustard seed. But praise be to God who shows all of us, all his true followers of Jesus Christ, his son, he shows them grace, mercy, and love. And he is he wants to sanctify us into the image of his son. And we cannot sit by idly anymore because faith without works is dead. So guess what? We as believers, we got to do something. We can't just sit here anymore. We can't sit here and say, I'll pray for you and not pray for people. We can't We can't go in our workplaces. We can't go in our families and be afraid to open up the word of God. And matter of fact, we don't even know what the word of God says. We need to speak the words of Christ. The Whenever we get into a situation, Christ's word needs to come to our minds. Difficult situations, stressful situations, great situations, we need to preach Christ. We need to preach his word. So all the words that are coming out of our mouth should not be our own. It should be of the word of God. So I implore you today, I call you, brothers and sisters, I call you to rise up. I call you to spiritual arms. Remember, a call of arms is a summon to engage in active hostiles. What's the active hostiles? The spiritual dark forces of this world. And secondly, it's an invitation to undertake a particular course of action. What's the course of action? The course of action today is to put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, to obey him, and to love people, to serve people, to serve God, and we got to go serve our king. And I promise you this, he will come get us. And if he doesn't come get us, and we must enter the shadow of death, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Because this life is not all there is. We have eternal life with him. And if we go to be with him, when he does come back a second time, we are going to be the ones coming back with him. Amen. Hallelujah. If that doesn't get you excited, nothing on earth will. Remember, heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will never pass away. Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is coming 
And my question to you is, are you ready? What are we doing for the Lord right now? How are we living? Are we close with God? Are we in his word? Are we praying? Are we trusting in him? Are we obeying him? All those are crucial questions. So I implore you today, brothers and sisters in Christ, to rise up. Stop playing the church and be the church. And I truly mean this from the bottom of my heart. I do pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you, and I and I pray that he gives you peace. And I pray that this is a time of revival, reviving our spirits, reviving our minds, reviving the spirit, the new spirit that he gave within us, because we push it off to the side too many times. We do that too many times. This is not the time for that. We need people who love the Lord, who love people, and are deeply immersed in his word. That is what's missing in every aspect of life. And I cannot tell you any more than I have right now. And I'm going to say this, and this is the last thing I'm going to say to you right now. We, as true believers of Jesus Christ, lifelong followers of Christ, slaves of Christ, people that have put our trust and faith in him, we are the only hope for the world. Because there's going to come a day where God will not be found. There's going to come a day when the tribulation will come. I don't know when that day will be. It's not my place to tell you because I, will, I don't even know. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that these are, we're, we're living the end times. I have no idea. Matter of fact, I'll tell you this right now. I don't care if we're living in the end times or not. God is the only one who knows. So if you are living in the end times, great. Come, Lord Jesus, please come. But if we aren't, this is a time where we must take God and his word and his promises and the fact that he died on the cross for our sins and rose to glory to be seated at the right hand of the Father. We have to take that more serious than anything else in this whole entire life. We, we have to and we must. And we must take this message of hope to the people that are in our lives, in our circles, at our jobs, our families, and have uncomfortable conversations to let them know that Jesus Christ came to this world. He died on the cross for your sins and he rose again. And if you don't have your trust and faith in me, if he's not your Lord, master and savior, unfortunately your destination is hell. And by the grace of God, again, I say that the gates of heaven are swinging wide open right now. And we must take this message and again, fulfill the great commission. We need to go out, go out there and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to preach the gospel. We need to preach the gospel to people. We cannot take this book and do nothing with it. Again, faith without action is dead. We need to go to our relatives, our friends, our coworkers, whoever, and tell them the good news. Will it cause divisions? Yes. Will it cause you to be hated? Yes. But what about the people that put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ because of your boldness? And through the grace of God, they are able to be saved from damnation, from hell, 
from the wrath of God. And one day they will say, thank you for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot take this lightly, brothers and sisters. We cannot. I cannot stress this enough. Too many years I sat by and I just let everybody else do the work. Too many times did I sit idly by and not be who God called me to be. And now I'm trying to make up for that. Now I want to be on fire for the Lord. Now I want to be immersed in his word. And I want to be in the will of God. I want to be in constant prayer, being completely joyful and rejoicing always and being praying always and, and looking for ways to serve people and, and speaking the truth to people in love. I want to do all those things. I want to walk in humility. I want to draw near to Christ. I want to draw near to God. I want to draw near to the Holy Spirit. I want to do all those things. And I can't sit back anymore and make excuses because there's no excuses. There's absolutely none. And again, I've said it before, probably too many times during this time, but I'm going to say it again. Jesus is the way. And Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. And no one will come to the Father. And no one will go to heaven except through him. So if you are living a spiritual life that is in a, in a lull, it's time to spiritually wake up. It's time to get on fire for the Lord. So with that being said, if you have any prayer requests, please send them to livingparablestruth at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to pray for you. So with that being said, let's go ahead and pray. Father, as we come to you today, Lord, it's uh, such a privilege, such an honor to be in your presence, to be able to confidently approach the throne of grace, to make requests be known, and and to be able to talk to you. The fact that we're able to do that now is just amazing. And Lord, as we went through this message, Lord, I believe that you are calling us to spiritual arms because we are in a deep, dark spiritual battle and you have called us to put on the full armor of God. And I pray that we do so. I pray that we're bold, bold as lions, professing your name to those who are dead and dying in this world. We know that people outside of Christ are storing up wrath for themselves, the wrath of God. And I pray that we would take this time now to look ourselves in the mirror and make a change and make a difference to fully obey you, to fully surrender to you, to preach the gospel, to teach your word, to live out your word, to live as you live, to walk as you did, and help us to love people the way you love people. I pray that you would bless anybody who listens to this podcast, not that I'm anybody special, but because they are hearing your words. And I ask God that you would strengthen us and bolden us during these difficult and trying times. It does appear that evil is winning. It's running rampant. But Lord, we know that you are in control of all things and that you are Lord of all and that you are going to come one day and all this will be over. And I pray that before that time comes and until that time comes, that we are in your word that we're in prayer, and that we are obedient to you. 
that we are fulfilling your will, that we are obeying your will. Help us to do those things, Lord, in increasing measure. And I ask that you, again, once again, bless those who are in deep, dark turmoil, who are going through things and battles that I can't even imagine. Because there are those that who love you, Lord, that are going through some really, really dark times. And I pray that you'd please be with them and encourage them and get them through this time. I pray now that you would, would strengthen the saints. Help us understand what you've called us to be and who you've called us to be. Help us to be holy as you are holy. Thank you, God, for this wonderful opportunity and this, and this message, Lord, that I uh, had the privilege of sharing with brothers and sisters. And more importantly, I shared it with myself because I definitely needed to hear it. And I ask these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Well, once again, brothers and sisters, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you. And until next time, God bless you, my friends.